You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 258th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Tim. Yes. Welcome back to the Slow Ride Podcast. You were on, uh, last I heard, you were on the Slow Ride Podcast special episode. Oh, it was good. With uh, the glorious return of the little guy, Matt Allen. It was good to have the little guy there. It was fantastic. Um so much to discuss, and I'm sure he's amped to come back on. I'm going to try it. I'm going up to Minnesota uh, next week, so awesome hoping to do another uh, one with him. And then I'm, I, I, I think we're going to be able to pull him away for some time to uh, do another uh, episode of the three of us coming up during the tour. So that'll be times. great. I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can find time in my schedule. Uh, I've just crazy. been all. I've been all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had to move some stuff around, shuffle some things, and like I don't even know what day it is anymore. Um, Tim, do you know what day it is? It's it's actually the the Van Art Show day, um, where all the kick ass nineteen seventies art or vans with like the air, airbrushed art pieces, you know, unicorns jumping over mountains. Wow, um, is in town. So yeah, that sounds Van cool. Wow, 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 indeed. Wow. Hey, wow, wow. Uh, you know that bit went okay. It's okay. I think I don't know if it hit. Maybe we overthought it a little bit. The Wout Van Art Show. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, today at the Tour de France, it was the Wout Van Art Show. Oh, Spencer. stage 10. Spencer, today was a good day. Did you now be honest? Now, this is a safe space, Tim. Yeah. Before the tour started, did you actually think Wout could win a stage? Yes. And I have proof because I put 25 points on roller derby on the will Wout Van Art win a stage. <laughs> All right. Well, see, roller <clears throat> and, derby is already paying for itself then. And roller derby already. Like the odds for him to win, you could see how biased the roller derby playing public was because it was like <laughs> one to two that he was going to win. So every two points you bet, you got one back. Like yeah. it was, it was just assumed that Wout Van Aert was going to win a stage on roller derby uh, public. But Spencer, yeah, what a great run of tour stages! Just Saturday, Sunday, Monday alone. Um, oh, so much so to discuss. Much. Obviously, the first week you and I haven't even had a chance to touch base. I mean, I was able to get with little guy, mm-hmm. but um. I mean, today I feel like, I mean, we liked Wout before it was cool. Actually, I hated Wout before people knew who he was. And then I decided to like him because right, he was cool again. And then now I'm like, yeah, I liked him before he was cool. I actually yeah, disliked him before it was cool. You're sort of jumping on the bandwagon that you weren't on, but you were definitely there for like you were avoiding yeah. the bandwagon before and- it was cool. I don't know how that all works out, but good job. And so many of our friends on Twitter were hitting us up, just already creating like some memes. Um, I saw some come through, like Ruby Rubey talking about it, like yeah. 258 and a half episodes now of Wout Van Art talk uh, have happened, and he <laughs> wins the stage. 
I don't know, Spencer, if you got a chance to watch the coverage live. Um, I had a conference call for work. So I paused the last 15K and I was like live tweeting to little guy up until that point with the the splits and how George yeah. Bennett missed out. Lando was off the back and I was like, oh, okay, little guy's at work. He, you know, whatever. I'm in a safe space. I'm on the conference call. I look down at my phone because I just get a text message from little guy and it's like, wow, with like eight exclamation points and I'm on the call and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe A, he spoiled it for me. So what did I do? I what texted you, you and I said, wow, with three exclamation points. And then yeah. you texted back to say, I almost made it all the way through without any spoilers whatsoever. Thanks. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, a good, good time. Good job. Uh, we went full circle there. Um, I'm going to have to spoil something for the little guy uh, yeah. shortly to just close that loop up. But um, it was what what a day I I I. I saw flashes of greatness, obviously, in in Wout, and I didn't think today's stage would be the type of stage well, that, that he would. Even like that, I thought like, he, I, I thought he might win out of a break, something exactly. like that. I did not or, think he would come over the a top, little, like pitch, like you know, yeah. like a little Valverde type win. Exactly. But, um, I I did not expect him coming over the top of Caleb uh, Ewan, of Michael Matthews, of Michael Peter Matthews, Sagan. Viviani. I mean, Literally everybody except for his own team sprinter was there. Did you see the photo that um, the tour has on their website about Van Art coming across the stage and you are coming across the line with his hands posted and Viviani's face looking at him like he the is disgust stunned. Yeah, that Viviani had for Wout Van Art beating him on the bike throw like he knew it and he's just like, oh, th- this is the guy I've heard about. So question. Yeah. Peter Sagan clearly knows who Wout Van Aert is. Mm-hmm. He kind of knows who Matthew Vanderpool is. Yes. Is is this the end of the... Which one, Wout Van Aert or Matthew Vanderpool, is going to take away the green jersey reign of Peter Sagan? It's going to be uh, one of them. It might, it might be Wout. Wout's got a... See, the advantage Wout has is that he's got another year to try and do it. I don't think he's going to do it this year. Uh, it's pretty foregone. But, um, 2021, it's for sure Matthew Vanderpool. 2021, post-Olympics, which is MVDP's goal, uh, he's going to come to the tour, and he's probably going to win the yellow jersey and the uh, green jersey, and I, he's probably too old for the um, white jersey, but he might just squeak in for that one too, and if he can, I don't see why he wouldn't go for the polka so, dots. Yeah, it was, it was awesome to see Wout win today. The stage was absolute chaos with the crosswinds. It was fun to oh. watch. Math, uh, Nairo Quintana clearly is the team leader of Movistar. Yeah. Um, Chryswick is clearly the team leader of Yellow Lotto. Yes. And then you have, you know, and, and again, and, G. Thomas is is the guy. Like, it, like yeah. there's no question about it. He is looking oh, yeah. good, and I just don't know how he's going to lose this tour. The problem is, is that I have to walk back what I said on our last uh, episode, 257, where I said uh, I made the bold claim that uh, uh, FDJ came to race, that they came ready. Oh my god! To to help Thibaut Pino to his first Grand Tour victory, and what a disaster! Uh, he was going so well, and everything was breaking right for him until today, and they just got it all wrong, and nobody they couldn't do the work needed to help him. Um, it was just a up and down disaster for FDJ. Big. Big, big losers on the day. Yeah, and it was really sad because 
you know, Pino was looking pretty good after he got 21 seconds yesterday, right? On the amazing Daryl Empey's, or sorry, two days before on the Thomas DeGent stage win on Saturday, when yeah. him and Alaphilippe go off the front and had one hell of a race. Uh, um, so Pino, that's what you know, I'm talking for a while, about. we were yeah. all stoked. So good. So good. He's He's been making all the right moves. He's been doing everything that you want to see a French champion do. And, uh, but then, you know, at the end of the day, he is a French champion on a French team and they did what they do. Yeah, but he's not the champion right now. That's Barguil, who's looking really good. Definitely a top 10 little guy thinks. <laughs> Definitely. But Pino, maybe he'll get it back in some of the descents. He's such a world-class descender. Maybe he won't be able to, to, to get it all back. But Spencer, overall, in the Tour de France so far, yeah. are you pretty happy? With, like, I'm, I thought they did a pretty good job in the first week. Right. Normally it's yeah. boring as ever. Yeah. This has been Michael Toonson winning a stage. Like yep. it's not been the formulaic right. wins. I uh I've been really into the first week. I think they've I think you nailed it. They've done a great job with the courses. Um it's been uh, hard enough, you know, but not too hard, and they're mixing things up. The only misstep is a team time trial, and I guess you gotta throw it in somewhere because it's a tour de France. Yeah, that <clears throat> It was a misstep because it was also on the Sunday. Um, what do you? How are you feeling about these lotto kits? The ye- the yellow lotto kits. I'm still uh, having I'm having some difficulty with them. The more and more I see them, <laughs> totally posted up at the front. Mm-hmm. I, and I guess, I, is it because of the Celeste of the Bianchi bike? I, there's just something it about could be. the it whole could be. setup, Spencer. That I'm just like. I'm seeing a lot of it, and I think it could have been a lot better. Or I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, well, you know, our our, our old school fans, they will, uh, they're probably hearkening back to uh, Pantani and the uh, uh, his team and their Celeste and yellow Bianchi bikes, and yeah. uh, and and why can't Bianchi bend the rules a little bit or? Team leader Wout Van Aert's team uh, in the Tour de France. Like we know well. that Celeste is Bianchi's color. Like it, like right, mm-hmm. it's synonymous with Bianchi. Well done for Bianchi for doing that. But it's just, I mean, it's such a miserable color to ride when you have a yellow kit. Like it's like pretty, would, yeah. Like what of the of all the Bianchi teams, the only one that looked really really good on the Bianchi bikes was the Ulrich one, right? With like the full Bianchi kit because right. that was the only color. I mean. Right. Over the years, there's just been there's that Alessio wheel one. It was red with the Celeste. It just doesn't work, and I'm just yeah. And and so, I mean, the kits are kits are okay. I don't hate them. Maybe I don't love them. They're they're the Celeste bike. That must be yeah. Good. They're solidly middle of the pack kit, but the bike and the bike's probably a middle of the pack bike as far as look goes. But you put them both together against uh, well put together teams, and just uh, yeah, it doesn't shine, but. Hey, I All mean, right. they're, they've won like four of 10 stages or something so far. So, yeah, no, like, it, you know, hey. they're, they're clearly the best uh, program that's out there. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they're fantastic. Good for them. So, yeah. Overall, Spencer, I've been really stoked with the tour. Um, one of the things I do want to get to is uh, the Daryl Impey uh, win on Sunday. And okay. mostly because I don't know. I went back. And pulled up Life in the Peloton, the Mitch Docker pod, uh, you know, 
yeah. sister show on the Wide Angle Podium Network of ours. His interview, I re-listened to the Daryl Impey interview after the win because I kind of listened to it on you know a training ride before, so mm-hmm. I wasn't like totally into it, and I or like really able to focus, pay attention, thinking about someone right. winning a Tour de France stage. Oh my gosh! After re-listening to that, I hope everyone goes and listens to that on the Life in the Peloton to hear what he's gone through. He brings up like you know again going on getting signed to Team Pegasus and then just oh, doing man. races in Australia as like a domestic, even though he's from South Africa. It it was it was great. It was it was awesome to hear you know someone that's been kicking around since 2008 when he started with Barlow World, and then he just like went to Eureka Green Edge and but then to get that win, it was awesome to see. I was I was so stoked to know that he had won after listening to the podcast but uh yeah so there you go yeah. daryl mp well yeah oh no it was a great stage um i'm sure a little guy was was jumping out of his chair if he was watching that one because he's been a big impy fan oh, yeah. for a, a long time um but yeah man there's been i mean chalk that one up again in the number of stages in this first week that have been like really awesome. exciting and like well- and then what was T. Spinute supposed to do, right? Like, I mean, you oh, kind of felt bad. Yeah, like, had, we're, we're huge fans of T. Spinute on this pod. And then yeah, you're kind of no like, chance. there's no way he was going to beat him. And he knew no. it. Like, he tried. But Impy was like running him up to the, the And he he he, was he did everything he could have, right? Like, T. Scott on, uh, he got the prime spot from like 1K out. He did not yeah. pull through anymore. He was riding the wheel. He got the jump. He did everything textbook that he could have done and it it was never going to be enough um yeah it's oh so good so good to see so awesome and yeah. then obviously the other stage spencer that sticks out like a sore thumb over the week um and that is uh, uh thomas against amazing victory um on stage eight that huge attack never gave up tio tibot pino and alaphilippe almost catch him just six seconds yeah. down what a victory that one was i had non-cycling friends like the the non-diehard cycling friends and i guess most of my like friends that watch the tour (laughs) diehard like they know how to get Eurosport feed or whatever but there was a lot they were like watching at the bar like just in passing friends that were like did you watch the stage like that was awesome because they were listening to the coverage um the amazing coverage coming from chris horner it's just been out of this world and they're Uh all just uh you know talking about is he gonna make it and he does it's been oh man it was so cool to see like a an attack like that finally work. We got a uh speaking of Chris Horner, we got a pretty great tweet today. Um I have not been watching his his coverage. Uh neither have I. But, I've uh, I've watched zero of it and I feel so damn good about yeah, it. Yeah. We got a note across our Twitter feed that uh, he's been referring to Wout Van Art as Walt Van Art. <laughs> of course he has. Which is very good. The oh man. Yeah. Anyways, um Thomas again uh taking the win. That was awesome. Anything else uh, on tour talk that you've got that kind of top of mind before, you know, there's another big race I do want to get to that was uh, in the road world that we didn't get to talk too much about in the last like week. And then also with little guys. So I want to uh, make sure we cover a little bit of the. uh, I do have I do have one kind of uh, philosophical question, I guess, about the Tour de France or related uh, sort of to the Tour de France here. What do you think is a bigger accomplishment, Tim? Winning a stage in the Tour de France or winning Amstel Gold? That's a very good point. And I know where that's kind of, And I would also throw in Spencer. It is the, a loaded question. I would also throw in winning the Cyclocross World Championships in there as well. Mm. It was a loaded question. And I was a little disappointed to hear this. Um, 
the I would think winning a stage is a pretty big accomplishment, but winning Amstel Gold in the way that he won Amstel Gold, I think, is better. So you're a Matthew Vanderpool fan, yes. Over over a Wout Van Aert Tour de Tour de France stage win, yes. And that not now just, is this because he came back from like a hundred miles behind the, the the peloton and caught up and passed everybody? That's what I'm saying. It's like the way he won it <laughs> is better. Yeah. Okay. But here's my, so we're talking about the post-race interview. Wout Van Aert gets asked, you know, he's, he's exuberant. He won. He can't believe it. He gets asked, you know, you just won a stage at the Tour de France. How do you feel? And he basically says, yeah, this is the biggest accomplishment of my life, right? Of my racing career. Yep. Like I, this is at the top step. This is, this is above my Mount Rushmore of successes in my career. Ladies and gentlemen, Wout Van Aert is never coming back to cyclocross ever again. He just claimed that he this is the most important thing that's ever happened to him. He doesn't even care about cyclocross. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, he's been world champion a couple of times in cyclocross, right? And that's yeah. pretty good. You get to wear that rainbow uh, stripey jumpsuit, but you don't get to wear it on the road. You no. don't get to wear it like just- you need some uh, you need some accomplishments. He won a pretty Uh, damn good stage today over the top sprinters. And you know that this is just his coming out party for the next year and a half before he returns to second place forever. Um, But the way MVDP won Amstel Gold is next. It is legendary. But that being said, a lot of people found out who Wout Van Aert was today. And I can only imagine the NBC sports coverage and Phil Liggett talking about cyclocross skills. And then when they're going to have Lance Armstrong chime in, about like, oh, and then he talks about his cyclocross skills because of the one time he had to go off-road when Belotti <laughs> crashed in front of him. And we've been hearing yeah. about that for 15 years. So, yes, yeah, Spencer, you know, I, am, I would take the Amstel Gold win for the way he had it. If he would, if Hendrick okay. would have just won that in a sprint, I'd say like, no, the stage win is more important. But man, that Amstel Gold win was amazing. All right. I, I might see your point. So, so Wout is still second place. Yeah. So now I, in my, I get, I get what you're saying, but in my, uh, logic here that's going on in my head, I feel like, wow, just laid down the Trump card on Matthew Vanderpool and is like, what are you going to do now? What, no, I, what like are you going to bring to the table? Like if, if Vanderpool, he definitely went all if, in, right? Like today, today's victory was he, he put yeah. it all in and he's like, you know, so do you see my Van, bet and Vanderpool, Vanderpool is like, yeah, I will in a second. He, you know? he has to win worlds. Well, I don't, he has to win the Olympic gold medal to make it like all matter for what he is postponing his tour de France career for. Right. Like, I mean, right. Cause look at what Vanderpool and we'll get to this a little bit after the jump. Um, but we're going to talk some UCI mountain bike world cup this past weekend. Vanderpool uh-huh. put on a, you know, clinic in the short track. And then just yep. got destroyed in the Olympic distance. And we're going to talk about that later. But I mean, Wout Van Aert came out guns blazing. And uh, I'm interested to see how Matthew Vanderpool is going to be able to respond because the only way to top winning a stage at the Tour de France is to come from like 100 miles down on your opponents <laughs> at Amstel Gold, which he did, or winning yeah. the gold medal in the mountain bikes to justify this mm sojourn this 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 walkabout that he is doing away from the tour de france i mean all right well 
you know, I'm I'm trying to position this as a Wout versus Vanderpool thing, which is kind of what everybody's been doing yeah. forever. But I've got kind of a galaxy brain theory going on here that maybe it's not Wout versus Vanderpool. No, I'm with you on this. I saw this tweet. I'm I'm 100% on this. I think we this need to start is, doing that now. This is a next generation. This is Wout and Vanderpool versus everybody else versus the world. This, this versus the whole world versus yeah. the UCI and the cycling infrastructure and everything that we've known to be true until yeah. now. They are tearing it down. This is why we need more and more of these photos of them hanging out together, of them riding together like they are almost teammates or even though they're national like rivals yeah. in cyclocross. It is those two versus the world. Absolutely. It is not Matthew Vanderpool versus Wout Van Aert. It is those two combined versus everybody else. And I will tell you something. I will put unlimited points on roller derby on them nonstop to take over. I mean, what Wout did today, unheard of. Like, uh-huh. You know, you know who's a little disappointed in Wout Van Aert's uh, job today with his <laughs> sprint win? Dylan Gronenwagen. Sorry, Dylan. <laughs> Guess you're not needed anymore for a sprinter. We only have eight people out on this team, yeah. and we have a guy that did it all by himself. <laughs> all yeah. by he surfed wheels like Robbie McEwen, and it was awesome. And I'm so yeah. happy. It was very good. I uh, I was very impressed. I was I felt a little bad, but also very impressed about the Sunweb uh, leadout train. It had five guys oh. on the front for for Michael Matthews, and yeah. uh, he's never going to get a better shot. And man, he just got his doors blown off by a number of people. But uh, he got his doors blown especially off, especially by, by a guy Matthew, or by Wout Van Aert. Like you know, how's he gonna? Oh man, first yeah. time at the tour, not on the radar, not a sprinter. Oh, just brutal. Just uh, kick him when he's geez. down, Wout. All right, Spencer, we alluded to it a little bit earlier, but it was also Jura de Rosa. Um, thanks to Trek yeah. for their continued, uh, you know, line, or hour recaps along with um, Vox Women. Um, uh, they've been so it's, good. Uh, Anamique Van Vluten takes the win in fairly dominating fashion. Um, yeah. Not only winning the GC, but winning the KOM um, or QOM or KOM, sorry. And then also uh, taking the green jersey. Pretty impressive uh, dominance. From the Michigan yeah. Scott Ryder. I mean, seriously, it was out of the world. I watched the first couple stages and uh, there was a, a lot going on. Voss was having some good, good rides and, and she was kind of sitting back and I was like, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe she doesn't have it this year, you know? And, uh, and then she, she turned the whole race upside down uh, with just a stellar performance in the mountains and uh time trial and just crushing some souls. I mean, Voss did tear it up. Let's not get this off you know like she had boss boss had some highlight reel uh wins oh yeah she won two or three stages sorry stage 10 two and three and then she also um had a fourth place i mean she she was out of this actually she won four stages sorry two three seven and ten and she finished in 20th place um impressive there was one attack that she put in that was just out of this world Uh, amazing attack uh i was stoked because uh the big team uh, took a uh, stage win, so that was pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, with uh, Lizzie Banks uh, taking the, I believe it was like Queen Stage, stage. yeah, Queen so that, Stage, yeah, just a was, great stage. That was awesome um, to see. That was a big win for them because they've they've only done a little bit. You know, Cicely Ludwig has obviously been like the uh, the star of the post race interviews, but she only won one race on the year. So overall, Spencer, we didn't. Uh, I mean, Sam, yeah, go Sam, ahead. We can't. We can't move away from the Giro Rosa. 
without talking about the double zapple that happened uh, during this race. Um, two times, yeah. two stages in a row, oh, were yes. winners with yes. their arms up the, the double at the lines. Spencer, was this this was amazing. Two stages in a row. So just for those that weren't watching or don't don't know, two times in a row, a woman leader, a presumed winner, was coming across the finish line first, posted up only to get bike throwed at the yes. line victory, just like Zabel, aka against the uh, cricket Oscar Frere. <laughs> Actually, that's Bettini. But uh, anyways, Oscar Frere, uh, you know, got Zabel once or maybe twice. Zabel got Zabel a couple of times. But Spencer, <laughs> amazing. Two days in a row. Two days in a row we were treated to this. I personally, I prefer the first of the two uh, with the hill hill uh, top finish. Mitchelton Scott, uh, rider, just pumps the fist about, I don't know, three feet before yeah. the line. Yeah. And Voss just comes by like a freight train. It was like a bat out of hell when Voss came by and beat her. Oh. I mean, that was... That was, it was, that was uh, Lucy Kennedy, I believe, of Mitchelton Scott. That was in stage three. Okay. Yeah. And then stage four was a breakaway. Uh, riders all going for the line. Somebody thought they had it. Uh, beat by bike throw. Uh, yeah. Just by a quarter of a tire width and uh, did it again. We got treated twice. So I love this stuff. Oh, this is so good. Th- this may become a ro- roller derby um, oh. uh, prize. Like, will anybody will somebody get zobbled? Yeah. Oh. Well, we'll good, need to call. Get good, Luke on the horn. Get Luke on the horn. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's something important. Yeah, this is this is good. So, anyway, Spencer, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have Mark, our intern, get Luke on the horn. Got a couple of uh, you know, cool things coming up in the pre-lap, including the announcement of the upcoming 16th place contest from the uh, Alma GP. But uh, let's get into the pre-lap. Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the slow ride podcast. All right, Spencer, what do we got for the uh, lap? All right, Tim, this week, as always, uh, you know him, you love him. We're starting off with a whoop, whoop. Uh, whoop.com. Uh, that is a website you can go to. And uh, what you're going to get there is a performance tool that is changing the way people track their fitness and optimize their training. Uh, in a nutshell, Whoop is a wrist-worn heart rate monitor that pairs to an app uh, that's going to provide you analytics about uh, your recovery and how well you're sleeping and what sort of strain you're putting on your body and uh, just really focuses on the recovery side of training, which if you're riding a lot, if you're putting in the miles, if you're doing the work, even if you're not doing that much work, you'd probably be surprised how much you can benefit by proper recovery um and whoop whoop lets you do that i've been Uh, impressed by by the amount of uh, friends of the pod that have hit us up to let us know that they joined whoop they went over to whoop.com they use the code uh slow ride at checkout um bill uh shiken was showing off his the other day when we were doing a uh, another podcast Mm -hmm. on the network for sports ballers over in the parts bin uh feed and uh his his whoop uh device is looking fantastic he was telling me so much about how easy it is to use. That's why I'm getting one because, you know, I'm not an analytics person. But if I ever was to become one, they have all that data in there as well. So, like, I can look at well, just that, the colors yeah. of 
green, yellow, red, just like a stoplight. I know if I'm being overtrained and I can tell you right now, <laughs> I am not being overtrained in anything I do yeah. except on uh, yeah. Monday and Tuesday nights for hockey. Oh, and then, and that's, that's part of the great uh, thing with it <clears throat> is that you can kind of, you know, depending on how analytical you want to be, you can dial it in. Yeah. Like you can really get in there and get into some data if you want, or you can just kind of let it give you a, a very general, like, Oh, you're doing good. You're doing okay. You're not doing good. Um, so you can you can kind of set that uh, to the level that you're comfortable with. And to do that, head over to whoop.com, pick out the strap that you like, it's free, and then you sign up for uh, the service um, and use the code SLOWRIDE when you're checking out, you're going to save 15%. This podcast is also supported by Health IQ, a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Visit healthiq.com slash WAP to learn more and get a free quote. Or check out their life insurance FAQ page to get your questions answered. Spencer, they have been with us for a long time. We are absolutely honored to have Health IQ for their continued support. We have many friends of the pod that have also gone through and gotten some life insurance because they have uh, decided it was the right decision to be made. And some of the things that they do take into account is that um, as you're a healthy individual because you're living a health-conscious lifestyle, mostly by listening to this podcast, you're at a much lower risk of heart disease of um, uh, a lower risk of early death. So it, you actually become a much better candidate for life insurance and you shouldn't be paying a higher premium than others. So this is what it's there for. Um, they don't take into account one incident of family history if you're otherwise healthy. There's lots of good news here. So head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP to learn more and to get your free quote and check out their life insurance FAQ page. Awesome. And the last thing I need to talk about uh, here in the Prem Lab is Shred Science Nutrition. This is a favorite of mine because I have used the Shred Science Nutrition program. I signed up for a package and uh, it really, really uh, was a life-changing experience for me. Uh, they gave me a custom uh, meal plan based on my particular set of like what I like to eat and what I don't like to eat and uh, you know, what sort of riding I was doing and what sort of goals I had. They custom made this for me and um, set up the macros that I needed to be meeting. And now is the perfect time of year with Cross Coming, Wild Van Ert, Matthew Vanderpool. They're all telling you Cross is the way to, I don't know, it's the promised land, right? You want to get there? Whether you're racing road, mountain, cross, doesn't matter. Now is the time to get shredded for cross season. You're going to dial in your fitness uh, and be ready to go so that you can get that world to a ride or whatever. And um, the way you do it, head to shredsciencenutrition.com, sign up for a package. It's awesome. I cannot recommend this enough. Please go check it out and uh, tell them I sent you. Awesome. And we'd also have the returning 16th stage 16th place contest submitted oh man by the alma gp and their amazing promoter brian <laughs> hancock and remember this is the avalon pontoons and alma gp and cyclocross 5k trail run it's saturday september 7th here's what you do where where is it it is in alma michigan which i hear is smack in the middle of the mitten now okay we have so here's what you do Who's going to win 16th place? Hashtag it on the Twitter. Just put this is my favorite contest it, it, slash giveaway yeah. 
ever. It auto-populates the spreadsheet. Just uses that hashtag 16th place. Let us know who's going to get 16th place in stage 16. We'll do a couple more tweets on this. Here's the deal. This is what's amazing. We had someone take advantage of this last year that won. Yeah. You get free entry into the Alma GP, right? So yeah. you have to get there, but you get a free bike race. But <laughs> you also get a hotel like for a free 50 night. bucks these days. Free, and this isn't, I mean, it's not Motel 6. It's not the Four Seasons, but it's like a Hampton Inn. Not too bad. Here's the best part. Right. You also get a gift certificate to the Alma Brewing Company. So you're going to have to find some food, but you get a free bike race, a free hotel, you get free beer, and then you have the opportunity to be interviewed mid-race by Mr. David Palin or Amazing. Scott Diedenbach, who are announcing from the top of the pontoon in the middle of the cyclocross race there at the Alma GP. I don't. I think that this is a no-brainer. So what are you doing on September 7th? If you're looking for something to do on Saturday, September 7th, head to the middle of the mitten in Michigan for the Alma GP. Stand on the podium of the pontoon boat and you can talk about your prognostication skills for who got 16th place in the 16th stage of the Tour de France. Amazing. We're we're also, of course, on the Wide Angle Podium Network. A lot of great shows out there. Uh, Life in the Peloton featured Mitch Docker uh, bringing you the news from the Peloton like that Daryl Impey uh, interview you were talking about earlier, but also Bike Shop CX uh, by the aforementioned Scott Diedenbach and Mr. David Palin. Um, they recently had an episode out that I think everybody should go check out if you're interested in, in, in bike racing history at all. He did a special 4th of July episode on Jonathan Page's victory, or, well, let's call it a victory, it a victory for, for America. America. It was second place, yeah. but it was a very, 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 very good, uh, really different episode uh, for them, and it was super good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, if you check out anything, uh, go check that one out. Uh, thank you so much for that shout out. So good. But uh, Spencer, let's get back to the show. We got a review and we got some great oh. emails from our listeners. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling, and I don't listen to the Flow Ride podcast. Got an email from Derek Gross. As a wide angle okay. sponsor and someone who's been waiting years for a gorgeous George interview, I think I may have found an inroad or a preem, if you will, for getting Hincappy on the show. Take a look at this beautiful piece of American cycling history. And of course, you click on the eBay link that is provided, and it is a Merlin Titanium 1998 vintage 56-centimeter road bike. Here's okay. the key. You start zooming in and you see some of the stickers that are uh, still on this bike. This is okay. one George Hincapie's team bike. Uh. So it is a Hincapie issued bike. It is ready for purchase. And Derek my size. continues on with, of course, that's right. Someone is selling George Hincapie's GT Edge. Please use all of the wide angle podium funds to purchase this bike. Then, after the bike has been delivered to Orlando, Florida, take pictures to give to Abby (laughs) to show George on the next group ride Uh as an incentive for him to come on the pod. Perhaps even convince Mitch to show the photos to the number one super domestique of the early 2000s the next time George is seen skulking around the EF team bus. This has to happen, (laughs) and here's why. After Hincapie is convinced to come on the show due to the nostalgia this brings, 
This bike brings to his super strong cyclist heart. You get him to sign the top tube. After the top tube is signed and you have photographic proof you are standing next to Big George and he's signing your bike, you offer this photo in a glossy 8x10 to anyone willing to become a regular supporter of the network. The money would roll in and you'd have a piece of Americana that you could never be duplicated. This is an all-around win and a surefire way to get the interview of the century. Just an idea. So on first step, I, I like this idea. Yeah, it's pretty solid. But we've reached out several times to George and, and we've just kind of missed connections, uh, ships passing in the night. I'm kind of waiting for George to contact us to come on the podcast. Yeah, at this point, I kind of feel like the ball might be in his court. Like, I think at the minimum, what our listeners should be doing is they should be tweeting George, they should be emailing him, they should be calling him, <laughs> they should be on the group rides with him, and they should just say, hey, George, when are you going to put the boys up at Hotel Domestique? And then he's going to say, who are the boys? He knows who the boys <laughs> uh-huh. are. Just say, when are you going to put the boys up at Hotel Domestique? They'll do a review of the restaurant. They'll, they'll, they'll hang out. They'll do a live show for you and the family. You yeah. know, just you guys, just a real private uh, endeavor. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. just ask George when when he's going to host the Slow Ride podcast at the hotel. Love it. I love it. Let's get that campaign going. Got a nice email from uh, Jason Nix, uh, a friend of the pod in Pensacola who dodged a major hurricane this uh, weekend. Jason was uh, uh, sharing the uh, famous Cyclosm uh, Chris Horner cyclocross skills uh, video. Uh, parody so definitely worth the uh the youtube look so go find uh, uh cosmos's uh youtube channel to see the old uh chris horn horner um uh, setup uh joe fabris also hit us up hey guys i love it when you bring some love to gravity and downhill and this week you talked about the sleeve even an old 60 plus age grouper like me craves the sleeve and last year at west virginia nats i got my sleeve from Enduro. Ah. I was second in downhill, but I know Bobby, the winner of downhill, and he has his sleeve too. I get to wear mine for two more weeks. If all goes well at Colorado Nats, I may get to wear it next year. And you bet I'm putting the stars and stripes on my cuffs when this is all over. Still trying to, <laughs> yes. track, the, still trying to track the cat, trying to crack the top 10 at Cross Nats. Love the show. Making it count. Joe. Joe, thank you so much. This picture, Spencer, I, I am all about the sleeve. I... I kind of want to have just a long sleeve t-shirt that has the sleeve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just walk around. Like who would, oh, this is so I mean, good. Okay. So the cuff is great. I, I love that he's taking the cuff, uh, you know, to the next step. Um, well, if you, if you win a sleeve, how far do you take that? You know how, how the <laughs> world championship guys, they've got their socks done. They've got shoes, helmet, glasses, like whatever. If you've got the sleeve, when you like you just said, like when you're wearing a casual T-shirt, yeah. are you are oh, you? I'm putting the cuffs on everything. Yeah, you're gonna have stars and stripes on one of the arms, right? Oh, absolutely. Like when you go to work in your in your khaki pants in your your blue button up, uh, uh, you know, kind of average work shirt. And these shirts are already made, right? Like they already have like the like you see rodeo yeah. guys always wearing like the stars and stripes shirt with their cowboy hats when they're going to the show. Yeah, just cut off the right oh. sleeve and sew it onto your regular <laughs> dress shirt. Going to work, people might look at you a little bit weird, but remember, you're the national champion. They're not. Yeah, I mean, when they ask, they get to I, they get to hear the story, and you get to tell it again. I had no clue about this sleeve. Bill brought it to my attention last week on the pod. I am I am so smitten for this sleeve thing. Like it is, it is such a downhill move. 
Like as I learn more and more about yeah. downhilling and like the weird like culture that 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 exists there, I'm loving it. Like this is so great. How is downhill not an Olympic sport, by the way? But I digress. <sighs> hey, slow ride pod. This email is from Chris Bertia. Today was my about my fourth day in a row. I didn't even bother to use a zipper on my jersey, also known as the full Schleck, but I wear the base layer <laughs> because there's children out there. While well, enjoying safe. the gentle flap and thinking about how cool I must have looked to every cyclist who passed me, I thought this must be a new product just waiting to be made, a zipperless jersey. Now, no, not the weird teeth shirt thing Champion System tried. My teammate has it. Looks like something you'd wear at a club back in the 90s. Also, size down, way down. But a normal jersey, sans zipper. I think I'm really onto something here. As you look, as this look is popular amongst the toll hook sized climber types, we know that weight is greater than arrow. The most important thing about after a concept is the name. And here's where I need your help and the help of the listeners. The obvious name is the full Schleck. But I fear that some guy in Luxembourg may have just enough funds for one good legal battle. My current working title is the Tainted Stake. I welcome all feedback as long as it comes with a serious injection of startup funds. Sincerely, Chris. Yeah. Spencer. So we need uh, we we need we need an A plus name here, and then we need a Series A uh, round of funding. We, uh, yes. Really get that venture capital going for this uh, because this has legs. This has a doesn't lot of have like, a zipper, but Spencer, it's got legs. The weight savings here, I think, cannot be underestimated. I mean, you're going to get a jersey mm-hmm. up below like the the current. I think right now, um, was it? I know Endura has like a 60 gram one, and I think Asos has like a 60 gram jersey. So like, okay, take out the so zipper. That's how you're going to get tw- there. What do you figure? 20 grams of that is zipper? Absolutely. Like the zipper is what's setting these jerseys apart. Now this is why. Champ Sis claims that they did their zipperless jersey too, right? Like to save the weight. Um, right. They went about it all wrong. I am a hundred percent. I think this is actually a dynamite idea that what we need to find is a jersey manufacturer that just has bad zippers, and then you just okay cut them off. Maybe I don't know. Like this is good. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, we are going to need a slam dunk name, or otherwise our our Kickstarter is never going to get off the ground. Um, have you got anything jumping to the forefront of your brain? I don't like tainted steak. That's just a little bit too nasty. I I still think the full <laughs> schleck could actually be pretty good. I, I I think if you can you we're gonna have to get our legal team on this, but if you call it the full schleck and full schleck is all one word, like it's not separated out, you can avoid kind of the uh, trademark uh, infringements on. Well, uh, on Andrew or or Franklin Schlack. I mean, you could always you could call it like the Schlack or something, right? Like, and then but no, it, I'm not listen, doing listen, that. Listen, hear me out. It's like you have the Schlack and it's across the chest, but since the zipper is not, it's flapping in the wind. It actually looks like it says Schlack. No, on the jersey. No, no. I'm not doing the. I'm not doing the knockoff. Um, you know, QVC brand version of this jersey. We're going all in. But, uh, you know, something, I mean, we got to hit all the keywords, but right? Arrow. Yeah. Oh, it definitely arrow needs like, to be in there. We're going to have some crazy SEO optimization on this. But Spencer, here's the other thing, though, is that we may want to call it the full schleck because the way we're going to get real publicity here is getting sued. Right. That's yeah. Like, like no, that's, that's the oldest point. trick in the book is that you create something, you come up with a complete 
ripoff of a name, you get sued, and then you're like, huh, I guess I'll change the name now. <laughs> but, yeah, but you already have people hooked on the idea. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. That's a good strategy. Well, we might have to. Uh, that's this might all depend on who we get in our uh, our first round of funding. Um, you know how willing uh, to go. You know, go hard in the paint they are. So. I was a bit surprised and very disappointed that NBC is helping rehabilitate Lance. How does he feel about Chris Horner being the only U.S. rider to win a Grand Tour in the last 29 years? There are a lot of thoughts swirling around my head. Can't NBC find anyone with cycling knowledge, or is it just a U.S. Postal Alumni Club that can comment on the event? Isn't NBC breaking the spirit of the Lifetime ban by interviewing and promoting his podcast? Kevin Dolan? Kevin, this is its kind of like the... Uh, it's just sad. I don't know what else to say. Like, I, we can beat this to death. Good thing little guy isn't on the pod because he would be <laughs> yeah. punching out his computer in anger about the the rehabilitation of Lance. There's nothing we can do other than listen to the commercial free broadcast. And when that goes away, we listen to Eurosport. I, I don't know what it is. Like, like he was always going to win. He always came out ahead. Um, and I just feel for all the clean athletes that and, and riders that he's ruined. And uh. Yeah. continues to yeah like what like that's like we have we have riders that could be commentating on on this race or giving insight in this race that aren't lance yeah well and, and I, well i mean just think about like frankie andreu right like talk about his career arc on nbc sports well, and then totally yeah. now it's lance on i mean it's just it's amazing what i think my my biggest problem has always been with lance is that the what he used, what he did to keep the secret, the secret, right? right. In right. in his tactics, it, you know, I, it sucks for the sporting aspect, sure. But I mean, look at how we celebrate other known dopers for what they have done. I am a fanboy right. of Ricardo Rico because it was so ridiculously awesome what he was doing. But that guy was doped to the gills. Yeah, and pretty much every time we tweet about Valverde, somebody, oh yeah, uh, like replies doper. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's and I'm a fan yeah. of Valverde, and I know I'm maybe reinforcing things, but you know what? He served his ban and he did his time, and now he's back. And Lance has not done he his ban. He has a lifetime. He ban. didn't ruin he anybody's didn't play life. Baseball. He didn't play ball when they came and they needed him to speak, and he took the lifetime right. ban. That's the that's end of story. Yeah. He shouldn't be there, and no, NBC he's... should be ashamed of what they're doing. They should be, and I do think uh, to the 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 emails point is that they are breaking the spirit of the ban. You know, they they should be, they should follow that. You know, like he he sh- technically should have no involvement in the sport at all. Well, let's get to something more exciting. Just convinced my wife to fly the whole family up from Tampa to watch the Trek Cross Cup uh, race yeah. in September on her birthday. Uh, double, yeah. All thanks to the pod. I sold her on the secret bar in the woods and a potential phone party. Thanks for the help, Matt from Tampa. Matt, this is absolutely stoked. We're going to have a Slow Ride Podcast compound, as you know, as because we're, we're basically the official podcast network of the of a UCI cyclocross world cup. This is the yeah. best cyclocross world cup in the world for the simple reason that it is equal pay for men and women. It is a mm-hmm. great party. We're stoked to come out to Madison and Matt, if you have never been to Madison, I hope you are ready to hang out, drink a lot of beer and eat some sausages. Cause here's the other thing. <laughs> God. Michigan football is in town that same weekend as, as the truck world cup. So get your hotel room early. And, uh, 
get ready for one heck of a time and we can't wait to see you out at the racetrack um at trek headquarters yeah now i have never been to the world cup spencer did you go to the world cup last year uh two years ago two years ago do they have any type of tours or anything of the facility going on um there definitely were some i don't know if they're like official or if there was just like nice employees like showing people around. I'm just thinking that if if someone's flying up from Tampa for this race, you know, maybe. Oh yeah. I mean, I they they know me. I walk around the Look. Trek facility all the time. Uh, I they yeah. actually get mistaken for Jens Voigt a lot. Um, but Matt, we, we got to find a way to get your uh, family to see the setup there because what Trek's got there and what they're hosting us for the Trek World Cup yeah. is pretty amazing. If 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 they're not offering tours, Matt. Uh, Give us a call. Let us know. We will, we will pull some strings yeah, for you. So, we're uh we're pretty big shot uh, sponsors of the race, so you know they kind of have to do what we say. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, anyway, Spencer, another great run of listener emails. Let's get to the other thing I, I did want to talk about, and that was fired shot across the bow that happened to break news break. Two amateur cyclists in Italy get uh-huh. um narked out for having motors on their bikes at a criteria now as you would expect they are crit riders and when the (laughs) officials went to take their bikes for a motor check these smart individuals hightailed it the heck out of there into a waiting van and drove away this is amazing this is amazing two things here one guy was a mid-pack finisher didn't even know the results the other one only finished in eighth place (laughs) And he got narked out for having a motor. What do you think in here? Oh man, I don't know. Um, they have to know so who these in the people race. are by name. Like it's not like they're gonna not find these guys, right? You're on the start list. You signed a waiver. Like everybody there knows who you are. Obviously, they know you're you're uh, breaking some rules uh, with your motorized bicycles. And uh, man, like, is there any semblance of of innocence at all? Like. If they didn't, if they weren't actually having motors in their bike, is there any reason to refuse that test and then run away? Oh, no, no, it's no, it is so good. It's not the fact that they ran away is my favorite part, right? Like you're, not, I mean, you're so, not gonna catch. So what happened? Me. <laughs> yeah, was the, was the battery not fully charged up? Is that why he only finished eighth? That's what I like, know, like or um, I am, or just like uh, you know, just trying can't hang in the bunch anymore. Was and, it Fem, was it Femke's brother? Was it, you know, like, like I want to know right. so much, like, like who is in charge of, oh, Spencer, is it? Like everybody knows this guy is like 50 years old and shouldn't be in the, in the cat two race anymore, but he's still hanging somehow. Like, even if he's just finished in the pack, you know, I want to know why the narcs knew that he had a motor. Like, did they, right? Like, so was he on like a, like yeah, a the, serious e-bike that just like, it like it had that giant Bosch bottom bracket thing you know and you're just like hmm wait a second that's not a i don't think so (laughs) the uh the reports that i saw and details are sketchy uh at this time anywhere that we've been able to find any info but um allegedly people could see the button on the handlebars that would activate the motor which you know i don't know etap and in in durace uh, uh you know they have those kind of climber buttons or sprinter buttons or whatever that you can put wherever you want. So who's to say what this actually looked like, but it does not bode well that they, uh, that they made a, a quick getaway. Um, probably going to find that van ditched along the side of the highway somewhere. 
How would you like to be the responding officer that gets the phone call of something about like a motor in the bike, right? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, so it's a bike race. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, cool. Motorbike race. Yeah. Like, oh man, I thought I was getting my a hundred dollars an hour to hang out at this corner. Um, yeah, motorcycles yeah. are way cooler. I imagine that's probably why they had time to get away is they spent 25 minutes on the phone with the police trying to convince them that this was a real thing that they had to yeah. take seriously. Oh, yeah. All right, Spencer, I do want to uh, give some shouts. We had a big weekend in downhill and cross-country mountain biking. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, we mentioned yeah. the sleeve earlier. The big news in the downhill community is Rachel Atherton basically ruptured her Achilles tendon out for the rest of the year. We know Tawny Seagraves is pretty much out for us a year. So now it is Tracy Hanna, World Cup to lose and arguably World Championship to lose. Um, really, her only competition now is going to be coming from Marianne uh, Caribou of the uh, Scott Factory team. Now, Tracy Hanna did win by over a half a second. I know it's uh, it's slim pickings, but Tracy Hanna has won another round of the World Cup so far this year. So she's comfortably in the lead. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of it, but uh, I watched the Cathro Vision track walk, and uh, it is a fun course up there with some road gaps that uh, I would definitely nice. crash on. <laughs> I would 100% crash on. I uh, Maybe we'll have to get, uh, you know, Roller Derby going on some mountain bike propositions right. because this one is heating up. Um, people would have lost a money, lost a lot of points on uh, Rachel Atherton had we opened this up earlier. Yes, but, um, and then... Especially if it was a season long one. And then on the men's side, um, Armory Perone uh, ran away with it, almost a two and a half second uh, win over uh, Lewich Bruni, um, both French riders, on the day before Bastille Day. So it was a big weekend. And that's on the downhill yeah. side. Now, what I like about this race, it's kind of like uh, this series, it's kind of like the Mount St. Anne, is that they have three solid days of racing, right? You have the Friday short track. Saturday downhill, yep. Sunday cross country at the ski slope at the ski park. On the men's short track on Friday, it was great to see Matthew Vanderpool. And there was a moment on the last lap. I don't know if you watched it, Spencer, but he was there and like sitting like fifth wheel and he uh -huh. reaches down and he turns the boa dials on his shoes. And I just knew at that moment that when Matthew Vanderpool tightens his shoes, there is no, cho no chance he is going to lose that race. And he accidentally dominated Avancini in the uh the finishing sprint of uh it was like a five up finishing sprint over um also Victor Koretsky uh takes third. So you would think Matthew Vanderpool would be looking good going into yeah. the cross country, the Olympic distance race, and he gets absolutely shelled, shelled by Nino Scherter, who wins in eh, kind of dominating fashion. He was off the front with uh Gerard Kirschenbaumer who, by the way, Italian with the German name. But uh, huh. yeah, Nino Schurter looked in pretty good. He kind of, it was like a bad weekend for Matthew Vanderpool, right? Yeah, a little. So you got Wout Van Aert. Up and down. And then you got Nino. Yeah, oh yeah, it's true. It kept kept getting worse for him. Like, starts on a high point, then, uh, then he gets beat, and then Wout uh, turns into the performance of a, of a, of a century. Of a career, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on the uh, women's side, we'll just do a quick little uh, roundup there. Kate Courtney goes for the double over the weekend, winning both the yeah. short track and the cross country. Um, wins about 30 seconds over Yolanda Neff 
in the cross country distance and she won by seven seconds over PFP kind of a, you know, it'd always be great to see a French, uh, Frenchman or French woman win on the steel day, but PFP was not able to finish, uh, to pull that off on the uh, women's side of things with a solid fifth place finish. So anyways, Kate Courtney, amazing doing well. It's amazing how good, good the world championship stripes look when you're off the front. Yeah. That was an awesome race to watch a lot going on there. Kate off the front, more or less wire to wire, but, uh, Yolanda was back in like almost 30th place at one yeah. point and she came tearing back through the field, which was awesome. EFP flatting on the last lap, uh, losing some spots and uh, breaking the hearts of all the French there on Bastille Day. Great, great watching. Go find it on Red Bull if you want to catch up. Yeah, for sure. And the Mountain Bike World Cup continues on, but we are, um, you know, through Les Gets. The next uh, racing that you have is going to be in Trentino for uh, some racing. And then you've got uh, Snowshoe and Mount St. Anne coming up and also a stop in Switzerland. So only four uh, rounds left across the board. Um, good stuff. Snowshoe, I think is going to be uh, pretty awesome. I wish I could make it up there, uh, for in West Virginia to see some downhill and some cross country. Yeah, you should try so Spencer. I think this has been a pretty awesome, uh, episode of the slow ride podcast. Um, I would like to thank all of our listeners and supporters and also thank everyone for emailing us at slowridepodcast at gmail.com and for tweeting and following us on Instagram at the slow ride pod. Um, also rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. It's always a good way to let people know that this show exists um, in the cycling space. We'd also like to thank shred science nutrition for their continued support. So head on over to shred science nutrition.com to find out more on how to dial in your new nutrition and your diet also like to thank Health IQ for their continued support. Head over to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out how to save money on your life insurance. And finally, once again, we'd like to thank whoop.com for their continued support uh, and to monitor your exercise and your overall heart health. Head on over to whoop.com and use the promo code SLOWRIDE to save 15% off on your um, membership and your uh, you know analytics abilities. So with that... Yeah. This is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.